the Titled Town Podcast, Episode 12. Well, hi there. You are listening to Episode 12 of the Titled Town Podcast. My name is Austin Gann, and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhanka. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. I always say good, but today is today actually is great. a great day. Football is back. The Packers smashed the four... Or I almost said 49ers. Holy cow. The Vikings. And I don't know. It's just been a good day. Yeah. Great football. We had some fun games. There was some fun games. A lot of them started out pretty lopsided. I'm thinking of like at least the Lions and Bears game where the Lions got out to a pretty decent sized lead. But then a lot of them turned out to be pretty close games. And it was a good week one. I think we saw some teams who were just a little rusty, a little slow. No preseason, definitely hurt a few teams. A few teams. But then you had some teams, I'm thinking of the Packers, the Seahawks, and a team like the Arizona Cardinals who go into games. And they just, I mean, the two, the Packers and the Seahawks were blowouts. But then the Cardinals kind of upsetting the 49ers. Massive. uh, Another game that uh, looked like it was lopsided and then got out of hand was the Eagles and uh, Washington football team. Eagles were up 17 nothing yeah. and then give up 27 straight points. Which is crazy. I mean, I surely didn't have the Washington football team winning this game. I mm-hmm. totally had the Eagles. And then, I mean, you just never know what can happen on any given Sunday, especially yep. in the NFL, especially with how unpredictable this year's been and we're seeing a even more unpredictable football season kind of play out here in week one yep uh the colts ruined my jaguars going 0 16 prediction yes that one's dead (laughs) that one can be put on the shelf until next year thanks for nothing philip rivers yeah and then we saw i mean the basically introduction to the joe burrow era in cincinnati and kind of getting getting called back on a terrible that just hurts kind of penalty. I mean, I understand as far as why the flag was thrown. He totally extended, but it just hurts so bad, and I feel bad for the team that they had to kind of lose in that way and then missing the last second field goal. Oh, it should have been an easy field goal to make. It should have been an easy. He looked like he was hurt, which is kind of interesting. (laughs) You know, I feel I don't want to take it lightly. If he is hurt, I'll feel bad for saying this, but... You know, if you miss a it's field a convenient goal, time. if you miss a field goal that close, that it should be an easy field goal. I might be fa- I might be acting yeah. like so- I pulled something. Who knows? We'll find out mm-hmm. if he was actually hurt or not. Hopefully, he's not. And you know, I'm just yeah. joking. But uh, that was interesting too for the Joe B- uh, Burrow era to start and kind of end that way. That game wasn't very good. <laughs> no, it was a close <laughs> game. But I mean, I kept looking over at it because we kind of had all the three. Uh, later games on and it was just it was hard to watch at times Mm. just how sloppy it was it looked like the chargers couldn't get austin eckler going which is bumming out some fantasy owners and then joe mixon couldn't really get going either so it was just a really interesting kind of hard to watch football game that came down to the last seconds and i think that when you get two teams who are one unproven and two just don't have the best rosters, you're just going to get a couple games like that every Sunday. Yeah, the only real game that was extremely lopsided was Cleveland and Baltimore. Yes. That was really, really bad. Very lopsided. And, I mean, it looked like the Browns just could not get out of their own way, just keep making mistakes. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm wondering what kind of – production that Kevin Stefanski can get out of this offense because I mean it's going to be like 
every other year with the Browns. They start out really bad. They have a few good games to kind of get you excited, but then those games that are getting you excited is getting you excited for the next year, and I just don't know how much longer Cleveland as an organization can keep saying next year's the year. Yeah. Because we just keep saying that year after year after year, and they're not showing any improvement because teams who go on deep in the playoffs – have good starts to seasons, they have good middle of the seasons, yeah. and they have good late in the season games. And I think that the Browns just can't figure out this starting quick. Yeah. Interesting for sure. We also had the Bears and Lions game. Mitchell Trubisky looked god-awful. until for a while, yeah. Until I sent out a tweet saying that he looked god-awful, and then he put it together. He has your Twitter account. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On- on his uh, notification bell. He magically inherited uh, good quarterback play once I made that tweet. So I'm going to not tweet about Mitchell Dubisky until nope. the games are over. Maybe you should give him an encouraging tweet. Like, Re- hey, reverse nice, psychology. nice throw, Mitch. Reverse psychology. Yeah. See if it makes it worse. See if it makes it worse. <laughs> we had Buccaneer Saints. Yeah, that was, I don't want to say, it was a good game. For a little bit. But and then Tom it Brady got, had two very bad interceptions. Two very bad interceptions, and it kind of just got away from him. And, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like they were kind of in the game, but they just made too many mental mistakes. I mean, that kind of pooch kick that they muffed was huge. Yes. Because if you get the ball, you kind of have a chance. But then why are you even touching that ball? That thing was going out of bounds, yes. which would have put you at the 40. And so I'm just not really sure what uh i'm not sure the player's name was thinking the returner and so i mean bruce arians has a little bit to work as far as cleaning up those fundamentals and i think he has that ability too but also the saints look pretty good drew Brees, i thought was able to stretch the field a little bit more than he usually yes kind of what we've been expecting of him but uh the saints look like a good football team and i think that's one thing that i think I'm a little shaky of this year is if they can kind of keep this. Um, they kind of build every season on the past season, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think that they have a really good nucleus of a team, but they're very old. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just looking at Drew Brees being 40. I'm looking at Emmanuel Sander, who's 30 plus. I'm looking at Taysom Hill, who's 30. Jared Cook. Jared Cook, who's over 30. And it's just an old roster. So, I mean, I think they're good. They play in a great system. Sean Payton's a great coach, so I think they can still get some wins. Yeah, we also had uh, the Cardinals getting a massive upset over the 49ers. That's huge for them to start out with a big win. It is huge. I think for anyone in the NFC, having the 49ers lose games, you're going to root for it because Mm -hmm. they're a very dangerous team. And I think this is the type of year where they could have a little bit of a struggle out the gate. But also, I mean, they're going to New York, but they're going to New York to stay there for two weeks. So it wouldn't shock me if they lose one game out there, too, just because of how rigorous of a road trip that will be. But they're also, I think, the better team uh, against the Jets and Giants, obviously. But, I mean, that is good news for the NFC that the 49ers lost early because it felt like for a while there we would never see them lose again. So. We also saw the Patriots take down the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. which, I mean, did, did it shock anyone? No, that game was pretty lopsided. It was lopsided. Cam looked great, two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. 155 passing yards, I believe. What, what we wanted to see from Josh McDaniels was kind of 
how he can reinvent this offense. With and Cam he definitely Newton. put in some design run plays for Cam, which were really, really fun to watch. And then also, just another note on this, is that the Patriots' defense still looks really good. From in having, spite of all the guys opting out. Yes, they looked really good. Stephon Gilmore, arguably the best cornerback in the league, had a phenomenal game. And so, I mean, I don't know if the Patriots are going to have a huge, huge drop-off. I mean, I definitely think they need more pass catchers. They need more playmakers. But if they can put up 20 points and their defense holds you under 20, that's a formula to win. It may not be the prettiest thing at all times, but they have a formula that they can win with in New England. Yes, and with it being a a new offense with Cam Newton, there's a different player from Tom. I mean, they're going to have several weeks of um, opportunity, which you see with a lot of new offensive new coaches because you yeah. just don't know what you're going to get week to week. So a lot of these teams, it's going to be hard for them to pre- prepare for Cam and mm-hmm. prepare for this offense. You just don't know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. So the Patriots have an interesting window that they haven't been in in a long time. Yeah, they have a window of opportunity to really take advantage of some early wins and kind of throw the kitchen sink out as far as play calling. Just mm-hmm. call the weirdest stuff that no one is expecting, no one's looking for. Because you have such a dynamic playmaker and Kim Newton. Yeah. We also had a a back-and-forth game with the Raiders and uh, Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to catch a whole lot of it. We had it on red zone. But from the looks of it, Derek Carr played in rhythm a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean... Teddy Bridgewater's a playmaker, and I think we yeah. saw a little bit of that today. And then on Oakland, or I keep saying Oakland, Las Vegas' yeah. side, Josh Jacobs. Yep. He is the truth. He yes, he is. had a lot of touches, and I had him on my fantasy team. I think he got 30-plus points, which is always awesome to get from a running back. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think the Raiders have a shot to win some football games this season. I think they can be competitive in almost every game. I think the only thing that's going to hold them back is just a lack of playmakers on defense and then maybe Derek Carr. Yeah. But as far as everything else, I think it's around them as far as a good, strong nucleus of pass catchers and a good running back. Yep. Well, you want to get on the Packers game? Let's do it. Boy, oh boy, does it feel good to have the Packers win in Minnesota. It does. It, I mean, and not just I could, win. I could get used to winning in Minnesota like this. Yeah, run up the score. Run. Rodgers was phenomenal. He was lights out. He was lights out. I mean, I, I was watching the game, and I made this comment probably two or three times that it only took Aaron Rodgers to turn thirty-eight years old to play in the rhythm of the offense. Thirty-six. He's thirty-six. Yeah. Why did they think he was 38? I have no idea. But he's 36. Wow, I'm really... So you added two years on Aaron Rodgers' life. I added Rogers two years life. on his life. I think but, he's added two years on my life from the <laughs> games that he's played sometimes. But uh, 36, it took him that long to learn how to play in rhythm. Yes. And, I mean, early on in the passing game, him just taking the checkdowns, him just kind of, hey, I don't have my one, I don't have my two reads, so let me just dump off to Jamal or let me dump off to Aaron Jones. And I think... This is a formula where I could see them winning a lot of games. Yeah. Like, after watching this game, if they can carry this over to the next four weeks and we see this type of offense, I would see them as a 12 and 4, 13 and 3 team again, mm-hmm. which I think, I mean, also there's always going to be setbacks, there's going to be injuries. I mean, we saw a lot of injuries today, but I felt like we were in control of the game, so as Packer fans, we didn't immediately go to, "Oh my gosh, we need this guy to come back." Kenny Clark is injured, got injured. Billy Turner, not Billy Turner. Lane Taylor got injured and 
Lucas Patrick. Yeah, I was, I was drawing a blank too. Him. I kept looking. I kept seeing Rick Wagner's face. Yeah, but I knew it was Lucas Patrick. Interesting to reason. see Lucas Patrick start and Ellen Jenkins start at right tackle. Yeah, it was really interesting, and I think all of the combinations because even John Runyon had to come in and play. The offensive line looked really, really solid today. Yeah. I think as far as like running. They weren't as strong as in the passing game because in the passing game, I felt like they were super strong giving Rodgers time. Rodgers really wasn't hit a whole lot today. And I think that this offensive line, I think, will just continue to surprise people with how strong and how tight they are. And it's not because we have a bad offensive line. I don't think that's the narrative at all. It's because of how much I think there'll be movement with getting a guy like Billy Turner plugged in there, moving Elton kind of all around, you know, when Lucas Patrick gets healthy again, moving him all around. So I'm just curious to see what the extent of the injuries are, because then we will have to make a decision on, we need guys in the, in the room for depth again, which I think would be a major bummer because I think Lane Taylor and Lucas Patrick are above average either as backups or starters. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it'll kind of be fun to see how that all shakes out, but I was really encouraged by everything I saw. Yeah, bummer for Lane Taylor to get hurt. There was a lot of hype around him. It it was just bad luck because, I mean, you got to think last year he kind of has the starting job, gets injured, and then Elton Jenkins has a tremendous uh, training camp, preseason, first couple weeks, and he just can't get a spot back. He takes a job back from him. And then this year comes back, wins his spot, and then can't find the field, which is an all-out bummer for this guy because he's such a pro's pro, took the kind of pay cut to stay in Green Bay, Mm -hmm. and it's just... An ultimate, just not good situation. Interesting for him. that Wick, Rick Wagner did not get the start. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a whole lot of people were confident in him starting, especially if Turner would have been available for this game because I think Turner would have played right tackle. Uh, but the Packers did a great job of neutralizing them, and even when Rick Wagner came in, I thought he played pretty good. Yeah. And then, I mean, John Runyon was dominant. I thought, yeah. in my opinion, like you could not tell it wasn't Lucas Patrick or which Elton is Jenkins. very relieving. Like you said, that you know we could have injuries on the offensive line and it didn't fall apart. Yeah, I think we just have to make sure that these aren't long-term injuries because then we will need to sign a Jared Valdir and then probably an Alex Light will get activated from the practice squad. You mentioned Jared Valdir a couple times during the game, and I mentioned it in a previous episode that having to call him is kind of a break-the-glass emergency call. Uh, but it would be interesting and to see him back in. if these injuries are long-term, I think it is an emergency-type call because you need depth at that position. Yes. And last year we saw them bring him in and him not play until Week 17 in the divisional round game because they need depth at that position because it was so huge to have him when Brian Balaga was out. Yeah. Also interesting for sure to see EQ be a healthy scratch. And uh, I'm not sure what that is. Is it... I don't know if it's lack of knowledge with the offense, if he's still battling with that injury a little bit, because it was an ankle, if I remember right, or something to do with the legs. So that that can linger on and kind of hinder your speed a little bit more long term. But the Packers ran three wide receivers most of the afternoon. Like it felt like Lazard, Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Devontae Adams were constantly on the field and Devontae Adams balled out, balled all the way out, 14 catches. 156 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
have yourself a day, Devontae Adams. Right. Have Love the it. haters who don't think you're a top five wide receiver, who think you're number 57 and top 100 players, have yourself a day. Silence the critics. And, I mean, the offense felt like it was kind of based around getting the ball to Devontae. Right. But it was in rhythm. Uh, I feel like Rodgers wasn't kind of running around to look for him. It was just come out of your break and the ball will be there and do your thing. And I think it worked to perfection today. Yep. A, a player that I was really excited to see get a lot of time and make some very key plays was Josiah DeGuara. Yeah. He had a lot of key blocks in the game. He did have a lot of key blocks. And, I mean, they schemed up a few things for him in the passing game. Mm-hmm. But his blocking, I mean, I brought up the point that I could see him not playing an H-back role. But that whole idea that I had in my head was blown up today, and I am all for Josiah DeGuara. He lined up at several places in the field. Yeah, it was awesome. And, I mean, they would start out with him in the slot, bring him in as the H-back, start the H-back, move out, and he was awesome. There's a lot of potential there, baby. There is a lot of potential there. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I thought it was really great, even in his two pretty detrimental drops one was a drive killer one was a drive killer and then the other one would have set up the Packers for another huge play Mm. but he still balled out he didn't let that get to him he still kind of locked in and still had a pretty solid game four four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown that's a great day that's a great day in addition to uh Alan Lazard's four catches Jamal Williams four catches and Aaron Jones four catches I mean that's what you need, and I think this was what was stressed to us all offseason is the Packers don't need more wide receivers. They need more emphasis on other pass catchers, and we saw that today. I would still like to see more tight ends getting involved. I was going to say because— more looks because Jay Sternberger didn't get anything. He had one target, no catches, and, and then— Big nope. Bob Tanyan didn't really get anything. Right. Mercedes Lewis didn't get anything, but Josiah DeGora got one catch for 12 yards. So, mm-hmm. I mean— I'm okay with this offense. I'm I'm more scared. I'm not scared about putting up points. I'm just making sure all these wide receivers stay healthy. Yes, because I think these are the best three that we have. I and agree. They're playing. They're balling out. I mean, this is one weekend, but they balled out this week. Right. This is what you'd hope for them to kind of put up. Obviously, Devontae Adams isn't getting 14 catches a game. Yeah. That that's pretty unless rare. you think so. No, I mean that's a pretty rare feat, but it's still great. Still great to see the Vikings had no answer for Devontae Adams. Yeah, they didn't have an answer at all. How about Jair freaking Alexander, dude? He, uh, we talked, you said this. You said this is his breakout game. This is what we've kind of been looking for is the defense made two big plays today as far as turnovers, getting the safety, and then getting the INT. And that was Jair Alexander. Mm -hmm. He created those plays today. And that was really, really great to see. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and it game that that safety was a game swinger. That safety was it, a it game was swinger. it was very frustrating to see the Packers not be able to do stop much on offense run. in the red zone, yeah, and not be able to stop the run, but then have Jair be able to get that get that safety, get the turnover, and really flip the. I mean, I think the momentum of the game the changed momentum, at that point. It was it was trending in the Packers' way. Just because of how well they're moving the ball on offense. Until they got to the red zone. Until they got to the red zone. And also, how much time of possession they ruled. Man, we dominated time of possession. And that was really encouraging to see because I feel like at times last year, it was three and out. Three and out. And then we just get like 
kind of burst plays that put us in the red zone. But this really felt like a well-oiled machine working in rhythm. And then also another point on the defense is Christian Kirksey. Yeah. <laughs> he had 12 tackles. Uh, and I just want to say that that spot may not be filled by a great playmaking player, but him just being able to get 12 tackles like a typical Blake Martinez day is really encouraging that there's not going to be a huge drop off. And I thought Christian Kirksey did a really good job in coverage today, which won't be put on the stat line because Kirk Cousins just had a problem throwing the ball today and finding open targets until late in the game when it didn't matter. And yeah, and if I, you look at a stat line, it you know, and not having watched the game, it's very deceiving. He would it he is did a not very have a good game. game. No, and I think I mean I I've, I've been going back and forth ever since this game ended on did the defense have a really bad day? I would say yes and no. They're opportunistic. They dominated the first half, other than that opening drive by the Vikings, but. It's the typical Mike Pettin thing that we've seen everywhere he's been. Get out to a lead, back off, (laughs) and don't allow huge plays that are going to break you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we saw again. And I think this is the formula that the Packers are creating. It's winning a little ugly, which is fine when your offense puts up 43 points. Right. And, I mean, the Packers definitely need to clean up the run game. Especially on early explosiveness from the run game. Because if you don't have those turnovers early in the game, those are extra possessions that the opposing team will have Mm -hmm. that could drown out your offense. Yep. And also, I could tell the Packers had a field day with not having fans in the crowd. Rodgers catching them off twice. And then also just being able to change things at the line of scrimmage. He still has to clean up the getting out of the huddle, going to the line, and calling a timeout. That's the most frustrating thing to ever watch on planet yes. Earth. But Screaming at the television. I am really, really excited for this team. I think they sky's the limit right now. And I know this is a week one matchup against a familiar opponent who should beat. But this looked different. This felt different as far as being an offense and working in rhythm because all this stuff that they do, they can transfer to the next game. It showed the sign of the offense. I'm not saying the offense has arrived. Yeah. We need to see it week over week, but this is a great showing and a great sign of the offense coming together. Absolutely. And putting something together. So very exciting. Uh, Matt LaFleur owns the Minnesota Vikings. He does. He owns that building. Owns that building. How incredible is that? He huh? owns the NFC North. He He's owns undefeated. It. 7-0, Matt LaFleur. God bless it. God bless it. Football's back. Football's back. On to the Lions. On to the Lions. Any any immediate, not predictions or so, just any thoughts on... On the Lions? Yeah, on that game potentially. They're going to have to play a little cleaner on defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Lions just have a little bit more fight in them than the Vikings do. Yeah. The Vikings, and the Lions lost a really Vikings, close game. When the Vikings are playing well, it's because everything's going right for them. The Lions can play a little dirtier. Yeah. And not play such a polished game that the Vikings have to play to beat you. So I will say if I had to give an early winner, I'd probably say the Packers. But... It's going to be a lot tougher of a game, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, now we have another week of another NFC opponent ahead, NFC North opponent ahead. Also, Tyler Irvin. Swerving Irvin, baby. Swerving Irvin. Had a pretty good day returning, but then also, I mean, running jet sweeps, running fakes, 
mm-hmm. doing all kinds of stuff. It Fantastic. was awesome to see. Fantastic. Uh, and you mentioned it too. It'd be nice to see a little bit more of AJ Dillon. I understand it's week one. Yeah, I think that was it would have been it would have been nice to see AJ Dillon as far as later in the game when we needed to kind of run out the clock because I felt like he put together some pretty good runs. Like I was I was pretty excited to watch him. He had uh, two carries for fourteen yards, a long of eight. Yeah, That's, I mean. Seven yards of carry. I'll take that every day. <laughs> yep. So hopefully we see more of him. There, there's tools in the toolbox. Yes. Of different ways, mm-hmm. different ways we can attack defenses and attack teams. And it's going to be hard for defensive coordinators to prepare week to week. It will be very difficult for Which them. is exciting. Mm-hmm. I love it. Anything else that you want to cover before we uh, head out of here? I don't think so. This is a little bit of a shorter one. Shorter one, which is great. You know, hey, Right on to a week celebrating a win and getting ready for the Lions. Absolutely. Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Daniel Marhanka on Instagram and Twitter. That's M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Where can people find you on the internet, Austin? I guess the name spelling thing is staying, huh? It brought it back from the it's dead. It's here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Austin Agan. And follow the podcast t- at Title Town Podcast. Leave a review. Leave a review. Leave a five-star review if you're on Apple or whatever star review you want to leave. If you don't like the podcast in protest, leave a five-star review. How about that? Prove us wrong. Leave a five-star. Yeah. If you hate us, leave a five-star review in protest. I like it. Like that spin zone. We'll be Uh, back Friday. You'll hear us again on Friday. Yeah. With our preview for next week. Mm -hmm. We'll uh, preview a bunch of games. And news. All the news that we need to cover. Uh, Yeah. Follow the podcast, all that, socials, good stuff. Until next time. See ya. Adios.